2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, everybody. MutinyRadio.fm and .sf here. It's the AltaCast slash Some Call Me Tim with Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Good afternoon. And me, Pam Benjamin, hanging out here uh, at the Mutiny Radio Sprawling Studios at 21st in Florida. Yay, we made it. Yay, we're all alive. We're still around. Woo-woo. Yeah, so that SF standard is amazing. And last week, we had the opportunity to speak to their events coordinator, Megan. And wow, what a show at their amazing event space that, like, wow, in the coolest part of the... It's just so activated yeah. to use their terms it's it's pretty cool because basically we're neighbors yeah so yeah. they're like just a couple blocks down and so it was nice to see uh different uh people come out and what have you a lot of people like the show Good. megan was giving me her true reviews and hearing uh a lot of people uh you know give their opinion they actually loved it good was, you know she was like i was cringing at first because of all the dick jokes i'm like i told you girl you know <laughs> We we don't play over here at Mutiny. We keep it reels, you know. But everyone well, loved I mean, it. When you open with a with a, a trans female comedian, I love a, a, a comedian who happens to be trans, there's going to be dick jokes. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it didn't that's start just part of the right. The she thing. didn't start off that way either. So it was a build up, you know. As yeah. for like a lot of male so called comedians, they, a, they start in with yeah, they poo poo and dick jokes. Right, they put the they put the dick right up front. Uh, but it was great, and I was really excited for the opportunity to do any partnership with them because they're, like, legit. They've got an amazing news team and editors, and they're – check them out, sfstandard.com. Yeah. Find out what's going Trying – they're building community. They're being amazing. So exactly. I hope to be connected with them in the future, in the upcoming – as the kids come by, hi kids. Yeah. Hi kids, and the sun is out now. Thank yeah, gosh. well, in the mission, the sun always shines in the mission where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. But we're lucky today. I looked out the window this morning and I was like, oh, in it the was tenderloin. Cold and gray. It was, yeah, it didn't look good. I was like, oh no. I almost didn't cycle over here. I was like, you know what? I might just catch the bus, but I'm like, no. No, just, no, I gotta do it. Ride always your flat freaking, sometimes. Ride sunny. your bike, girl. Yeah. But, I know. Do something. Make yourself feel good in anything in this world. Because the world will beat you down. Girl. It'll Have beat you, you down. paid attention to the, you probably, <sighs> the confirmation hearings of uh, the um, Kachanti uh, Jackson Brown? You know who no. I'm talking about, right? No. She's the first. Uh, oh, the first black up for Supreme Court female. Yeah. Yes. So um, good. Republicans just make me cringe. What are they? Laugh. What are they bringing out? Are they saying she was born in Africa? Who cares? You might as well say that. <laughs> was right? that they're gonna pull the Barack out? They're gonna pull out the old Barack dude, defense. Dude, it, they it were they of, aren't real American citizens. It kind of felt like 2008 and somewhat of when he first started running, but this one is a little bit different because uh. on top of that. She's black. She's female, and and she's in an interracial relationship. So her husband cool. is white. Wow. So there's there all a go. bunch of stuff that came out. So this was Ted Cruz yesterday, uh, during the confirmation hearings, asking her uh, about our our babies racist. Oh my god. These are like uh, these are the stupid questions that were asked. Wow. And then uh, Marsha fucking Blackburn from Tennessee, uh, Senator. Ugh. Tennessee, you got to do more work. Um, she asked, 
um, what is your definition of a woman? Huh. Like, like the woman. It, it, they're it's, bringing it's, up trans. They, what they they're bringing up all of these moralistic issues because that's what they base their political stance on, which I is ridiculous because stupid. we're supposed to have a country that has a separation of church and state. They and yet when, when, but when you bring in these moralistic viewpoints that are arbitrary based on a religion where our country is not supposed to base our political right. system upon the religion, that's actually what they're asking when they're coming up with these trans issues and the gay issues. They're going back to this moralistic stance. What did we learn in 2016? Not everybody hates black people, but everyone hates women. <laughs> um, uh, I think everyone hates black people. I'm starting to get black turning people returning more. around to the... I mean, white <laughs> women still have yes. power. I talked about last week yeah. about Jane Champion and her white women, you know... It, it's still National Women's History Month, and yet yeah. you had a white woman just. She won an award, only woman in her field, yet she she gave a backhand compliment to Serena Venus Williams, like saying, "You don't you don't know what it's like to play with the boys. You never had to." I'm like, ew. ew. So yeah. now I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. But then again, but, that's just hatred upon women. That's again, that's women hating women too. It's that, it also women hate is white women hating black women. Yes, there is a racist component in there, absolutely. But I also think that there's a lot of we as women were perpetuate to to. We're supposed to compete against each other for men because men have the money and so we have to impress right. the men and impress each other and be a certain way. And there's a, so, but women hate women also. So oh, women have it worse because yeah. men hate women, but women hate women too. So everyone hates women. I mean, even in, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to go off track too much, but even mm. within the diaspora or, and mm. in certain Asian communities, there's sure. colorism within, sure. and within the community and especially amongst women. So mm. yes, there's definitely. <gasps> the double but, eyelid thing. I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't know about that until, until five years ago. I saw this huge billboard and I'm staring at this billboard and I can't figure it out. Because it looks like the same. I kept looking at one face and the other face and one face and the other. And it's huge. And it was on 6th Street. And I honestly didn't see the difference. And I didn't understand what it was about. I'm looking at her chin. I'm looking at her nose. I'm like, everything's the same. But it was, it's the lidded eye thing. It's that they'll, there's a surgery that you yes. can get so that you have like white lady or eyes European or not white because you're what or european I, yeah you're gonna, it's a european standard you're right different con, different no I it's mean, european uh, standard. yeah i mean you're right brown, you, you said it it's so i couldn't believe that's a thing and so there's like but then also in the in the black community there's the high yellow thing that is like it's colorism colorism and then the hair texture we have hair texturism good hair versus bad sure. hair that also happens in the jewish community by the way but then why <laughs> so the thing is what, what, what we're discovering is that even within our own communities we hate on each other that's all so, built on white supremacy well, all of the hate 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 it's we're it's like women are hating women black people are hating black like we all but then we hate each other so there's this huge like whatever whatever happened to the love man it but, was never there but then that's the thing too is all the hippies you're like that was all fake because then you see the true colors is that people are bad and evil but that's the other thing is it doesn't matter people are bad then we people are horrible to each other even when they have things in common then we, we haven't even gotten to classism yet right <laughs> we but, haven't touched that like, yet even within communities, small communities, for example, the one community I'm in, comedy, like, it's such a small community and you would think, well, all those people, but there's so much hate 
and there's disparate groups and there's factions and there's and we're all the same and and that's crazy to me yeah you that have, in every group there's still right even when i was doing comedy you would see the sexism i mean sexism is always always in comedy and then you know uh, unfortunately the comedians that i you know would be around were mostly white so then being the token or there's the three of us sure. uh, uh, up against 10 of the rest. And that's interesting from an improv standpoint too in that if you're POC and you're on stage, are you expected to play the stereotypes? Are you only allowed to be certain roles? Will people cast you in specific ways within... Because improv, it's happening right there. Yeah, and exactly. so everybody's forefront of their mind. Like, are you constantly just dealing with stereotypes and racism? Um, I remember when I was into it deep, especially at Second City, I made sure to never play the stereotype. Never play the ghetto girl. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I love to make fun of, of course I like to make fun of hillbillies and Dixies. Because I, I mean, I'm from the Ozarks, so that's the surrounding I'm used to. Right. I may, you know, I did do some Asian voices, yes. I did some uh, Indian voices. I did sometimes, you know, my thing is this. My stereotype that I would play once in a while would fit into the category of all the stereotypes that I would make. Not just sure. predominantly, like, I'm just going to be a coon. Excuse me, sorry. I promise to say, not say coon and cracker <laughs> as much. <laughs> I need to put a quarter it's, in the jar. It's like me with the C, the other C word, cunt. I use that way <laughs> yeah. too much. I should definitely. Let me just say yeah. a uh, tap dancer. Uh, to Because unfortunately, white audiences, I mean, we know about blackface. You don't have to have a blackface in order to dance a jig to make people happy. Mm. So I try to make sure to never, never do that kind of improv or comedy or write that or like I, aunt jemima stereotype oh god i'm no. sure that that would be okay. annoying but going back to the um the superior court oh, hearings yeah 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 um <laughs> what i took from it because i've only seen like sound bites because who has like eight hours to watch them? right 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 the questions i what i got from it was there, this woman who w was a Val Victorian, I believe, she went to Harvard. Of course. She's like, she, like, of course. she, of course she is. you know, Harvard Law, yeah. just like our ex president Obama. These certain white folks of the Republican Party were talking to her like, <laughs> like she was Trump, meaning when he was taking that test, like, woman, car man boy she they were talking to her like she was an imbecile like huh. she was dumb like and then the fact that they throw a critical race theory in it which i'm like oh my god here we go again i don't understand the problem with it's understanding and learning about the the, the diaspora history? and history and and where we all where I mean, country was, where this country came from where it was based and how, the, who built it? how it was built who built it exactly all of those and we always said the history is written by the victors. Well, if we have the opportunity and the ability to look at everyone, and maybe we don't have to have it be victory, does it have to constantly be black or white, either or? Do we have to divide? Can there be 50 shades of gray? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I can't even fix it on a small level. 
I, you know, even in interpersonal relationships, it's like, how do you survive? And then we've got this bigger world and this bigger world and everything outside of that. And then the Ukraine thing. And then oh it's like, God, the, yeah. like, I don't understand how everyone's not having a total emotional collapse right now. This is why I don't, I try, you know, last week, we, we barely, we touch on the news a little bit Oof. now because, because I have been staying away it's a too little scary. bit. It's scary. It's negative. I did find the, uh article about uh, Ted Cruz which by the way this is from Huffington Post so it, it says the this basically there was a book that he was talking about during the confirmation of uh, of Judge Brown and so uh, the article reads Ted Cruz may have just boosted sales for anti-racist children's book he attacked <laughs> so this is kind of what I was talking about sure. anti-racist children's book fantastic Great, get it out there. Yeah, the Raphael. Right now. Raphael, whose dad is from Cuba, who he and uh, Raphael Cruz, who was born in uh, Canada. Huh? Anyway, immigrants. Uh, Raphael Cruz, I'm going to start calling him Raphael, so that white name, uh, <laughs> made a big production on Tuesday about how wrong it is that children's books promoting anti-racism are being taught in private schools in Washington, D.C., where Supreme Court uh, nominee Kachani Brown-Jackson is a board member. During Jackson's confirmation hearing, Cruz popped up posters featuring blow-up images from some of these books and held up individual copies of them. One of them was one of the books that he singled out was "Anti Anti Racist Baby" by Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. The book is one of the most stunning taught at Georgetown Day School. Cruz said, holding up a copy, he laminated it and teaches children and babies that are taught to be racist, born wait. Let me, re let me rephrase that. He laminated that it teaches children that babies are taught to be racist. Which is true. Not born racist. I know this is this where it gets funny. This is how stupid these people are. And that they are encouraged to admit if they have been racist and talk about it. Do you agree that babies are racist? Uh, Raphael Cruz asked Jackson. Jackson said she didn't know the book and had no say over what books were taught at Georgetown Day School. But Cruz's efforts to smear the book, which he falsely claimed brainwashes children about law, school-level academic discipline known as critical race theory, may have the opposite effects. Uh, Making children more racist? You know these GP, GOP people ain't smart. He was trying to use that as a weapon, saying this book is going to teach them about racism, and it has something to do with CRT, which it don't. Right. It's just talking about, like, be nice to people. Sure. Don't be don't be a little racist seven year old. Well, I understand babies. I mean, Baby, I mean babies don't know. Babies only know what we teach them. Exactly. They're little. They're little chalkboards, and they're little. They just are little sponges, and whatever we teach them. The environment. The environment. So if they, I mean, it's the joke I have about the kids, the police state joke where oh they, we're doing creative play, and they tie me up to a desk chair with yarn, and they're twin four year olds. Like how would they know? to tie me up to a desk chair unless they'd seen something somewhere where that was a they thing. They learned it from their mom lot. and their daddy. They learned it from the TV. They learned it from the TV being on. They learned it from being in their environment. Mm -hmm. How would they learn how to, you know, why would that be an impetus for them as children? Because that's what children do. They model what they've seen. So we have to read books to them to change the, so that we change the old tropes. Right, exactly. Like because women couldn't even have a credit card in 1978. 
So oh, it ended in 75. 75. Excuse me. Well, with the man's, without the man's signature, there was a way you couldn't have your own. She couldn't have her own personal credit card until 1975. Yeah. That was, so that's insane. That's very new. Yeah. Very fucking new. And anyways, I got off topic, but that's insane. It, it and I'm glad it backfired. And I hope everybody buys that book. Well, this is, what, this is what, as a Tuesday night anti-racist baby, which came out two years ago, is currently one of the best-selling children's books on Amazon in multiple categories, including best-selling children's book on prejudice and racism. Here's a Wednesday screenshot from Amazon's website, which updates the status of the book selling, or the book selling. Um, now it's still currently number one um, and uh, under the category difficult discussions and number six on best-selling children's book. Uh, under the category growing up fast so in yeah. other words um you just helped yay parents you just gave you just gave free promotion to this uh this uh black progressive children's book. book yeah does, i mean thank you whoever wrote it thank thank you, thank you author for the free promotion yeah i'm not sure if i have a little bastard that i uh, get that book yeah if i have to go to a baby shower that's the book i'll bring ah! Like, it's, I'm San Francisco woke baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, is, it is not clear if anti-racist baby was already enjoying such an astoundingly high sales before Cruz's ramp. But given that Amazon's updates, it ranks every hour that the book has been published in 2020. And that Cruz made a front and center in Tuesday's high profile Supreme Court hearing. His efforts couldn't have hurt. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> good free publicity. All publicity is good publicity. This he was trying to turn it too. That's interesting. Well, he's speaking to his people, and that's the problem. And that's what I keep talking. About. This this huge divide. There are people that are worried about that are worried about trans people, and that are yes. worried about black people, and that are worried about gay people, and they're worried about feminist weirdos. And they're like, get back in the kitchen. Now, I'm gonna put feminism back 30 years because I'm dressed for the job I want, which is. A stepmom in Walnut Creek, because I'm putting feminism back. I don't care anymore. You're it's like too that hard. Julia Ma, uh, that Julia Roberts movie from the '90s, stepmom. Sure, I'll be, but but I'm the older version. I'm the Susan Sarandon. Is the bummer. I'm glad you I, remember I, the movie. Yeah, I wish I wasn't the. I mean, I wish I was the trophy wife. Jeez, with the Ed Harris. Anyway, it was a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it was like two and a half hour long movie. I was like, it's still going. What is happening in this? I mean, I love Susan Sarandon, but. Uh, I want to be a stepmom because I'm tired of working so hard. I, this is the thing that's making me crazy. I can't stop seeing money right now in San Francisco. I just saw a Hummer drive by on this street. Oh I my saw, God. But I saw the driver and they were clearly under 30. Whenever I see people under 30 in really nice cars or Teslas or whatever, I'm like, I, how am I? What are they doing? I have to cut in on this. I, Why the fuck are you still driving a Hummer with gas is like $6? Oh, I know. And by the way, do you remember rich. in the mid-2000s when Hummers were popular? This is during the George Bush, the W era. Gas prices were high. They were, at the time, they were $4. And we're like, oh my God, $4, $3 for gas. And people were driving their fucking Hummers because Hummers were the shit. It was, they're ugly ass cars, but they're horrible they're, they're yeah, they get like eight, eight miles to the gallon or something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But it's so funny in 2022, you, no one got the memo from two, 2005. <laughs> like, you still think this is cool? Well, my point <laughs> is that even with gas being what it is, and if you're not driving a Tesla and you are getting gas, where are you getting your money from? Like, I see people driving around. Every, I'm like, what is going I'm just, I'm my, my brain is 
can't, it has so much cognitive dissonance right now for the lifestyle that I'm living and the lifestyle that I'm seeing all about me mm -hmm. and watching it change in the city. And I feel like in one of those, when they have the time still thing and the, the sun keeps changing and it's like mm -hmm. light moon, da, 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 and you see like the sun, the sun moving over like it really quickly. And there's just one person sort of standing there and watching. And I feel like that, like I'm like a sundial or something and watching all of this fast motion happening and I'm losing it. Like yeah. I'm wondering like, I don't, how do I keep up with what's happening? How do I, it's like, what is relevant anymore? Especially what, especially trying to keep up with going on, what's going on locally, because there is Anything. so much going on locally. Like, it's hard to even peel my eyes off things that are going on in the world and then here in the United States and now to now even focus on what's going on in the Bay Area and then focus on San Francisco, you know, because there's so much going on even within our politics with the Chelsea Bodine thing, the school board recall. The, by the way, we're wasting money on this, too. Yeah. I just want to let you guys know. Um, and Everyone's going to be getting junk mail, so appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> make Maybe give it to a school, see if they can make an art project out yeah. of it. I don't right. know. What are we... Trees, man. Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, they're... I, I, but the thing is... Um, we are in a wealthy ass city though it don't look like it the majority of the time mm -hmm. but like i sometimes like when i'm walking around in different neighborhoods especially like around noe valley i'd love to check out people's garages if they're open yeah. or because i like to see what kind of car like they have a nice house oh they're driving a civic that's modest but that house is probably like 2.3 million so whatever sure, sure, sure. you know and i just I, I i'm curious to how the way like People, I, I get it. People have their own problems and, you know, mental problems, person, you know, personalities. But when it comes to classism, you know, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I get curious. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck are you driving? Okay. Uh, can you I know, be your nanny? Can I be your stepmom? Like, how can I, like, somehow be a dependent? But I also question that person, who whoever the fuck that was driving a Hummer. I think they might be ghetto fabulous, number one. Number two... Um, they just don't know what's going on in the world and they don't realize how much they put in the tank. They, so they just ignorant. <laughs> and then number three, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> so I was on, I was on my walk here. Um, some skateboarders were skating and I heard him behind me. One of them go, ah, cause I walked by, there was a big pile of poo that someone had already stepped in and, oh, no. and he, he was like, ah, there's, there's shit all over this neighborhood. <laughs> and, and then we got to the stoplight mirror together or whatever. And I'm like, Hey man, if you find another pile of poo, you should jump it on your skateboard, but film it and say that at the same time. There's a lot of shit in this neighborhood and put it on TikTok and you'll get a billion views. It'll go viral in a second. And it's, it would. It probably would. Because it's like, but that's the other distraction is that that is news for people. Like there's poo in the streets and that's news that we probably should pay attention to. I didn't grow up with shit like human feces in the street. No, I, did. I didn't either. I mean, dog poo in people's yards every once that's, in a while. Yeah, that's... Like, that was the worst of it, is if we were dancing or doing, like, pretend um, gymnastics in someone's front yard, and they hadn't, we hadn't checked for dog poo first, and then yeah. we didn't know, and then when you do a cartwheel and dog poo, it is not fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's gross. That's happened to my friend before. Yeah, that's when you, like, vomit in the ivy. I've actually stepped in dog poo. 
So barefoot. Oh, I think. <laughs> oh, ah! <laughs> See, now I'm going to get my gag reflex is going to come right up. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although cat poo doesn't bother me, but dog poo bothers me. Because cat poo is better for the earth, I think. I don't know. I think I it kills know. seals. I just let's just uh, let's just make yeah, a bunch dog of poop lies. Has more toxins. Who knows? It depends what we feed them. Um, depends what they're eating if they're eating them. You know, I I, I do I do kind of play that same game of like I wonder what they do for a living or how do they get this far in life. But I also think I'm like oh again, I'm about to go into my white zone. They do some of these people do come from upper middle class or maybe wealthy or had something on you know had they were born on third base well if their parents First, died and had a house it's their house now right how that's kind of rare in sf pretty much i though, guess right? i don't know <laughs> it's I, pretty rare now that's pretty rare i you know the inheritance thing that used to be something that was commonplace. That is not commonplace no anymore. Ha- yeah. A lot of people see, oh, this house is worth two million sold. You know. Sure. Well, and the capital gains, I guess, or there's once somebody dies, if they there's an inheritance tax, it's like fifty percent. So that's the part. It that- sucks too because it's like all the stuff they amassed for their lives. Then you take the government takes half. That's kind of like. Girl. Gross, but but I mean, income tax wasn't didn't start until 1913, and before that, you had the Gilded Age with all the robber barons and ma- people making money, people spending a thousand dollars on a dinner, and then some people making ten dollars a month. So we've come a long way, baby. But still, like not I. I mean, but that's the thing is wearing this outfit. Not back in those days, I probably would have been like a house servant person. But then, why even then there were people that were wearing incredibly opulent gowns, and then there were people making the gowns for them. You know that they, the um, the white like heron, the um, the snowy heron was almost driven into extinction because women in the turn of the century, their hats, they're, they uh, wanted these feathers, feathers for their hats. And so the people who were making the hats realized that rather than like wait for the birds or whatever, to naturally discard the feathers. They just murder them and then skin them as holes and then take uh, off all their feathers. So they almost made this beautiful bird extinct. Because of hats. Because of hats. Until the rich ladies were like, you know what, we should give a lot of money to save these birds. And then the birds were saved. Wow, so it was like they created of, the problem and then solved the problem with I, money. That's part of history I did not know. Wow. Yeah, the Gilded Age is really interesting to me because like it's, it's such like, opulence. It kind of feels like the Gilded Age again. It is. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm saying is that 1896 and 2022 are almost the same thing. There are those who live in opulence. There are people that have incre- that spend $4,800 on a, on a tiny, tiny purse that on the inside is made of plastic. So someone brought a Louis Vuitton bag back to my leather buddy to get it fixed. Skin on skins if you need a leather, anything replaced, uh, 20th and Mission. Anyway, they brought him Louis Vuitton back and he was looking at it and he was like, they paid what for this? It's not even it's leather not lined on the inside. The, it, it, it's the outside's the special Louis Vuitton with the stupid LV or whatever, but the inside is plastic. And he's like, people spend what for these? Yes. He looked it up yeah. online and was just flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. So when we've got, it's the exact same opulence, out of control opulence. There were there were dinners with swans. They made lakes. There were things, and there were people starving on the street. The same thing is happening right now. I would say even worse. I think the squalor in the tenderloin is, maybe I don't know. I'd have to see some pictures from 1896, but. The squalor in New York then and the squalor we see in the Tenderloin would at least have to be equal. At least. 
I think it's worse now, and the reason why, because you're supposed to learn from history, number one. Yeah. Number two, with technology. And I, I'm just going to zone in right now on San Francisco because uh, it's easier. Yeah. Um, but when you have a city that, this is, like I said, it's a wealthy city. Mm -hmm. We are Silicon, we're Silicon Valley. We are the tech capital of We are well. Twitter. We are Google. We are, we are Atari. Apple. We are, we are all of it. <laughs> we're, we're Dolby. All Every, people. all the, think any of those big. Evil Facebook. And yeah, Facebook, all of it. Uh, all of that's here. Yeah, You're all right. of that is here, you know, and you know, they invest. In yeah, our beautiful um, Zuckerberg Hospital. There it's a go. beautiful hospital. Thank you, Zucky. Yeah, I hate your face. Yeah, so uh, do I. We stole all of our information and then made money off it. So that's cool. But then he, at least he built us a hospital. Thanks, bro. He, he gave the he money. He gave the bro. money. But it, I would like to have his ass end up there. Anyway, <laughs> but he'll be going to Stanford. <laughs> but I, I think it. That's why I think it's worse because we know what happens when when you have such a divide in classes and classism. Yeah. And the thing is, we can be, this can be prevented, but the thing is we live in the United, United States of America, KKK, and the United Corporate States of America, right. because that is where all of our money goes to corporations. Again, you mentioned taxes very briefly. If Amazon and other big, like and Tesla, if they paid their taxes, yeah, do you wow. Matt, like that's these are billions, trillions yeah. of dollars yeah. that these companies have. Yeah. And Apple, that yeah. includes you, Tim Cook. Uh, All of it. They have so much money. They have so much money, and yet Bezos. I'm, I'm gonna throw some myself into the mix. I have I have to pay. I I owe the state. Though I'm unemployed, sure. I owe the state seven hundred dollars. Whoa! And I've been I'm unemployed since 2020. Right Why? Because of the fucking pandemic. Sure. And it, and then my my cousin, she just started like investing in places. She didn't make any money. Five dollars. Mm. So she was honest about that. Now she's getting penalized ninety dollars. <gasps> oh my god! Like, how does this make like the math don't math? Right, exactly. It, it, yeah, and it just makes me upset because you have people that live in the one percent, and you get nickel and dimed. Right, you're getting nickel and dimed for ninety bucks and for seventy bucks or seven hundred, seven hundred. Wow, that's not nickel and diamond for us, <laughs> but for other places, that's what they spend on lunch. That's what Google spends. A purse. Yeah, like boom, nothing, anything. That's yeah. for, and but to be nickel and dimed as a when the large corporations get away with right. murder. Her $90 up against my seven, $700 uh, up against any middle class, lower middle class, blue collar worker is nothing in contrast to what you sure. can get right. from, you know, Twitter, the 1% and these corporations. Yeah. I just made, I just, when she told me that, cause that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of took, I'm going to finish my taxes, but then I found out, I, I'm like, how the fuck do I owe? Yeah, it I'm just, worried about, I'm worried about this place too. I've got to get, I've got to get it done. It's been, and it's been looming over me. It's a large, large stress. It, it really, it is. I feel it's, like I'm working really hard every day and I'm, it's, I'm behind the ball and the pandemic has been really difficult for Mutiny Radio and I'm, I work every day. I run six shows a week. I'm running, running, running. I'm running shows. I'm doing stuff. I'm doing stuff for here. I'm writing grants. I'm doing stuff. I'm get, trying to get money. Try, 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 but it's not enough, right. and I'm not sure what else to do. So, and the, that all that, I mean, I don't know. It's 
I know. It's working. It's just not getting. I don't. You know, I'm just not getting paid thing, for it. And the thing is, like, I'm sorry. Should I go work for Amazon? I mean, maybe that's no. the answer. But for people that are, is that what they want us? They don't want creatives to make it. They they want everyone to just get a regular job. I was actually thinking about it when I was walking today. I was like, maybe I should just go work for the post office and like do some Bukowski shit. Just like. Go work for the post office and just do that and live a normal life and like get a paycheck and not a I, good paycheck. I don't know. I, I, do. I have great I respect for the male people. I, I have respect for them. It's the fact that the U.S. Postal Service, ever, especially since it's under Louis DeJoy, who was appointed by Trump, has made it harder and extra work for post huh. workers. My half-brother works for the post office, so he oh. tells me all the horror stories. I have a cousin. Well, I read Bukowski's book. I know it's awful, but yeah. like... And my cousin just retired from the post office, and she had been there for since like the 1980s wow. or something. Wow, wow, wow. Um, but she worked herself up. But anyway, the thing is, like, even if you were to do all the things you're supposed to do, go to school, graduate... I'm afraid to. I'm afraid to even say get a house now because, <laughs> well, there's. I mean, who can afford really getting the house unless you do, unless you do make a million dollars a year. And I'm. Who I'm not even talking that? San Francisco. Do people make a million dollars a year? There are people that make that. They are. Yeah. Or I can't quarter, even a imagine a million. I was. Let me put it this way: a quarter million. Okay. I. I'm saying I. And the reason that I'm saying this because I was reading about I the housing bubble again. And the market, how a lot of these private companies are buying up homes. And because. Huh. To house the people that work for them? Oh, no, oh, no. Uh, like people are selling their old homes and private companies, houses that have been on the market uh -huh. uh, that haven't been sold, private companies are uh, buying them. And renting them out, but raising the rent. Oh. Like, for example, there was a story I read out of Michigan. This 88-year-old retired uh, school teacher. Her house got bought up for some, by some private company, and she had been renting there since probably like the 90s or so. She's 88 years old. Wow. Uh, she's being evicted because they, from January, they jumped her rent up to from like, like I think like she was paying like 900 or 1,000 to like, Almost like sixteen hundred, like oh my tripled, God, like, like basically tripled. So, and she's on a fixed income yeah. again. The woman's eighty-eight years old, right? And a retired school teacher, so respect. Right. No respect. Exactly. See, I was hoping when you were saying small businesses were buying them, the socialist to me is like, oh, how nice, oh. so they can house the people that work for them. It's That's harder. really great, and they could do things like that. People, they could, they could give back and. But for some reason, it's harder for small businesses. But I know small businesses is hard, but but all the the big. I'm just. It's the same thing as 1896. There's the 400. It's the one percent. It's the Gilded Age. It's all here again, and and what are we what are we gonna do? We're gonna tread water with Biden, who isn't gonna do anything because we know that he's under the thumb of the corporations is are there 400 corporations i bet there are so back in the gilded age there were 400 families and they were in this group and they all were trying to impress each other but they all had exorbitant amounts of money just stupid amounts of money and so much squalor was around them all the time and they lived in this you know they'd have they had like 
It's like uh, aristocracy, 15, 17, 22 servants, crazy amounts of servants. And yeah, you're a job creator. It's just like an original corporation, you know? You're a job creator because you have all these servants. But fuck you. You have to have someone put your shoes on and do your, like, you, yeah, you yeah. have to have someone help you get dressed put because your outfit the, is so, like, what? Pedals in the bathtub. Right. <laughs> and, like, massage your, I mean, it's like old, it's the same, back to the, the pharaohs and the, yeah, the Roman, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and the, the Roman Empire, kind of. So why do we let, we're the people, why do we let people be in charge and have all the all? And we've got the nothing, we've got the, we've got the, well, it's good enough, or we're blinded by this other thing, so this because is good. I can answer that question. I can answer that question for why within the past 40, 50 years, why? Because um, it's, uh, it, uh, to me, it starts with the fact of the breakdown of the unions, uh, oh, sure. Especially in the 70s. Because no one's Nixon. looking out for us anymore. Yes, with the 70s and then Reagan in the 80s. So that's one. Um, unions are bad because they're the, communist. The propaganda that the media, all media, that includes your CNN, your Fox News, your MSNBC, that that have their stake in corporate shares. Sure, sure, so sure, So sure, they're sure, sure. not, the corporate guys are not their bad guys to them. Mm -hmm. So that's why you don't hear the truth about like basically, do you know these corporations are taking your money? That's why you had to do it, read independent news. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think people buy onto the system while it's like, oh, it could be worse. We get programmed. Mm. And I've even noticed, <clears throat> even as, coming up as an adult during the George W. Bush era, when I started to realize, I'm mm. like, wait a minute, this is propaganda. This <laughs> is what they meant. Wow, you people are some suckers. Like, meaning the fact of like- What's not propaganda though now? The truth. No, but everything's propaganda now. Instagram's propaganda, Twitter's propaganda. Everything's just opinion. Isn't, isn't propaganda taking something that's an opinion and then putting Making all this force behind it. It doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that it's an opinion. It's an opinion that, you, that they're cha that think that are making people trying to shed it as a fact. Exactly. It's, it's like blogs aren't fact. This podcast is not, this is our opinion. This is an opinion, right? But I think that we're not propaganda because we're not trying to, Oh, I'll, but Hey, no, I'll admit I, I am socialist propaganda. I believe I want to talk about communism as much as possible. I want to talk about the man rising up. The man, the woman. But that's not the, the definition of propaganda, though. But okay, that's true, too. Okay, yeah, so propaganda is when you craft something to try to convince people of an opinion. Or an opinion or a lie. Well, opinions can be lies. Opinions can also be truth. Everybody. But that's why it's like Schrodinger's. And I hate that they use Schrodinger's cat, because why does a cat have to be in a box alive or dead? It should be Schrodinger's lottery ticket. A lottery ticket is both a winner and a loser until it's scratched. Can we start using that metaphor instead of the cat in the box, please? That, I'm seriously like the Schrodinger's cat thing. I mean, I know it's like, I get it. I understand the concept, but I don't think that we have to talk about dead cats anymore. All right. Let so the cat out of the bag. We're gonna get the real definition since okay. we were rocking yeah. it freestyle. So propaganda, information, especially of a bias or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. Uh, that's definition number one. So cool. that, that's misleading, relatively misleading means misleading. Untruth. Yeah, yeah. I was I was relatively on there, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and then number two, 
A committee of cardinals of the Roman Catholic Church responsible for foreign ministers founded in 1622. Yeah, the the, Roman, the Catholic Church, you are propaganda. You're wow. absolutely right. Wow, it was a propaganda. Ah, that was Isn't that great? Two. Oh my God, wouldn't that be funny if a group of like... Um, priests was called a propaganda that's what it basically is i mean because if you've got like a committee a, of cardinals the right, committee of cardinals is a, a can, it's a propaganda that's yeah, really funny you're at a higher level than priests so yeah yeah because you've got a murder of a murder of crows a clowder of cats a propaganda of a cardinals. propaganda of cardinals and i wonder if the bird if it's a propaganda of a propaganda of cardinal birds so anyway, yeah i think yeah we, we're basically on you know Everything is, I feel like everything is propaganda though. Information is especially, especially biased. The thing is, we try not to be biased here. That's the thing. Oh, like, I, but I think I'm highly biased. You, you are? I try. Yeah, I'm highly biased toward, toward the like communist, socialist, utopian idea of people taking care of one another and not being based on arbitrary monetary concepts of value. I, I don't. I just, the concept, I think a lot about the concept of value and it really, and it, it's so tied up in feminism for me because so much of women's work has never actually had a W-2 or paycheck. We're doing taxes right now. If you're a great wife and a mom and a great stepmom, which is why I want to go be a stepmom. I'm ready to be a dependent again. If you're, if you're like, you're doing, that's real work. Being a wife, having sex. That's work. <laughs> Cooking food, that's work. So you can go out and be a chef, but if you cook for your family your whole life, that doesn't, you don't get anything. That's no work. It's not work, right? So, because if you do it for your family, you're a dependent. Well, gosh darn it. Sell me the dependent lifestyle. I want to be dependent again. I, I want to wear depends. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a but being an independent woman is so hard it's hard to take care of yourself i'm such a whiny white woman right now but it's it really it's is not to not be a dependent upon i i i yearn and i'm making a joke about it tonight on stage and i and i am joking about it but it is partially serious boy i'd like someone to value my work and if it's just a guy that lives in walnut creek that has a spa and two kids and likes that i like his nine and seven year old Man, that's good enough for me. Can I, you know, like... I'm glad you said nine and seven-year-old and not 17. No, <laughs> no. I, no I wouldn't have any use. Nobody, no guy wants to marry me as a stepmom because I'm a trophy wife. He wants free labor. What I'm saying is I'm ready to put myself in two indentured super... I'm putting feminism back on purpose. I'm saying I know the rules. Now I'm choosing to break them because I've been living like a feminist and I just, I want to be taken care of. Like... Ugh. Isn't that what women were supposed to get? We were supposed to be taken care of. That was the deal. It was like, get married and woo. Almost like, here's your choices. You can either go be a nun and have the church take care of you, or you can live with your dad forever and have him take care of you, or we can, you know, send you off to this other guy and we can get two goats and maybe an acre of land for you. And, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think. Mean the, the thing is, like, you know, there's so many issues within each community, and you're talking about <laughs> feminism right now, and <sighs> I, I have my gripes. You, we've talked about this so many times about feminism, where there's issues even within that community. Yeah. Where, you know, we've talked about, again, the racism within feminism, and then then with lesbians and straight women and then we sure. have the trans thing that is going on where there's a lot of uh 
uh, transphobia within feminism sure. and stuff. And that actually goes back to the 70s, you know. <gasps> Absolutely. With, with, with Ber- I think Betty Ferdinand with... Uh, could be wrong. Well, the trans but, people weren't accepted by the gays or by the. I mean, they had they, well, they worked the so les- hard. They, they didn't want the let. They didn't want the lesbians in during the 1970s <laughs> to and, ruin the feminist cause. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. So I mean, there's all these things because yeah. everyone, you know, I like the way. And unfortunately, certain Hollywood and other entertainment types put the plate the paint this brush as feminism as like. You know, we've all worked together as women and yeah. like hashtag me too. You remember how we ripped yeah. me too. Yeah, not a all, new yeah. asshole. Exactly. When all that shit was going down because this is not feminism in some aspects. Absolutely. Um and that's the problem right there. And then other feminists called a bad feminist for saying, yeah, but Me Too isn't really feminism because it's removing the responsibility from the person too. And anyway, so there's a lot of Right. Anyway. And I, I think, and this goes back to, again, learning the words and definitions of what they mean. Sure. But, you know, feminism is not, we have a lot of fucking work to do, e- even within that community. Yeah. Uh, because now you have people of the GOP who are putting money into feminist projects. Oh, my goodness. You know, these nonprofit projects. So, I mean, you got to be careful. Well, once, once you get your money from someone, does it mean that? that's your money or are you beholden to that person to promote their agenda but you know does the money come with a cost you know it does yeah yeah well it's i mean it it usually does usually does i think everything comes with a cost i mean we could talk about how the Koch brothers gave money to the hbcus really yeah yeah they did yeah ain't that some shit is it but That's, they're racist as fuck. Exactly. So were they hiding in plain sight? Like, what were they? What was their? You know, was think, it like, oh, we've we have to? We, they had to shield some terrible thing they did. And, in my opinion, it probably makes them like, okay, we'll give the Negro something, some yeah. coins, so we don't look too bad on well, paper. They were based in Atlanta. Was it specifically Atlanta colleges or anything? Oh no, the HBCUs Coke around the country. Oh, not, I'm not just talking about Morehouse, Spelman, and Clark in Atlanta. Okay, okay. I'm talking about around the country. Yeah. So that would include like uh, Florida A&M and uh, uh, Southern University because there's a lot of HBCUs. Really? Like Howard. Yeah. Um, oh, I know Howard. Yeah. In Washington, uh, but yeah, I didn't know that until probably like a couple years ago. And it, it you do have a lot of uh, GOP people that give money to the NAACP. Well, that's great. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm, you know why? Well, if the money comes with strings attached, that's it comes that's, with strings attached. That's you know that that's always a bummer. It comes with strings attached. Well, that's but always. we've talked about that's what's happened to the whole Democratic Party is they, that they sold out with the strings there and they you, go. you know they were like it, once you and once you take a hold of the yarn, it's like suddenly you're holding the whole thing or you keep pulling it and you're like oh wait now I've got ah, I'm in this now ah. You built a now you got a net. I'm trapped in a net. I just thought I was getting a little yarn. What's happening? Right. After then, that first million, they'll be like, hey, if you keep if you do this, uh, I'll give you three million. Because the next time. once you get money, then it becomes part of the budget and then you require that money again. And if they all of a sudden you're like, ooh, we're going back to my donors, and then they say, Whoa. Right. That's how politicians get bought. Oh. In both pro- in both parties. 
that's how politicians get both uh, bought in both parts. I think it's interesting though that lobbyists the origin the origination of the term was that they weren't allowed into Congress. They had to be in the lobby, and they'd have to talk to the Congress people after when they were out of session. And now it seems like they're everywhere. They well, they have so much influence that they are. There is there's no that they've completely permeated the barrier and they're in there. I um, was watching a doc, uh, documentary uh, about uh, like the 70s and uh, Nixon. And I think, mm. I believe that was, I'm trying to look it up now. I believe that's when they started having lobbyists come in more. It was either Nixon or Reagan, one of those assholes that it's warm food now. One of the, I, uh, <laughs> they started letting lobbyists come in and that's in like uh, 1973 is like when the Heritage Foundation started. Huh. So that would be under Nixon. You you know who the Heritage Foundation I'm a, is. No, I actually don't. Oof. All right. So the Heritage Foundation is an evil, evil. Um, it sounds real nice. It sounds like it sounds, it sounds very, like we care about people and their histories and the family tree and the heritage, the Heritage Foundation giving money to families and heritage so, i'm assuming it's super white supremacist oh girl you i'm just got assuming because okay. if you, you want to really know because if it's about the family tree they're like well we came over on the mayflower and we were the first white people that brought slaves here so thank you very much you so what's well the <laughs> what is that? i'm just so making you, up you, shit i mean that that would be is that pretty close that, that would be the urban dictionary term cool cool but i'm gonna give you yeah yeah so cool. it started in 1973 it's conservatives um and it's a foundation that took a leading role in conservative movement during the presidency of ronald reagan and whose politics politics were taken of the mandate of leadership so um hmm. historically they're you know evangelicals mm. paul wright who is a piece of shit, hmm. who was the one now paul wright is very important because he is the one that said um we do not want all people to vote <gasps> meaning we don't want them coloreds. We don't want them liberals. We don't want them hippies. We don't want them Mexicans, them Wilmants, yeah. them Asians. But was it in like a private meeting when he said that? Like, oh, no, 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 no. They're, they're, they're like, he's like, we don't want that. everyone to vote. We only want certain people to vote. I believe he said this in 1980 during Reagan's wow. election. So there's, well, there, we don't there's want everyone that. to vote. So um, it, it was a. Uh, wow. Uh, so, the, so people that contribute to uh the heritage foundation in the early days paul wright edwin fuller and see if you know this name joseph coors 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 really coors. you know why i don't drink coors beer interesting that's why i don't wow drink coors beer. wow Heavy, so they're they're they, they, this is all about like uh so they, ger ger gerrymandering well, so yeah, stuff so that changing board like Dealing with <laughs> suppressing voter rights issues, yeah, basically, which is so, still happening. Yeah, yeah, so they began doing direct mail fundraising uh. in the seventies, uh, by in uh, which was one million year by seventy six by eighty one. The annual budget was five point three million. Ooh. The uh, Heritage Foundation is pro business, mm. anti communism, and neoconservatism in its early years, but distinguished itself as conservative American enterprise business and uh -huh. Christian right. Oh, um, uh -huh. Hobby Lobby. Uh, <laughs> They get their money. This, like the Heritage Foundation has a lot of money. Huh. Every conservative, wow. almost every conservative goes through the Heritage Foundation. Wow. I wonder, um, I, I, a mutiny radio should apply for a grant. 
nah, I'd just be wasting my time. They'd be like, you communist weirdo. Get out of here with your socialist ideals. Um, It'll never work. I know, I know. So they they talk about the Reagan administration, which was really when the Heritage Foundation took forward. So like you had your people like Jerry Falwell. Uh uh, Who was that other asshole? Uh, Tammy Faye Baker. The Baker Tammy Faye and the other guy. That was the 700 Club. That was all that. Oh, no. Pat Robinson, too. Pat Robinson. That's Pat Robinson. His yeah. ass is still alive. Damn. Wow. Uh, 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 he, he might Jim be Baker, an AI. Tammy Come Faye, on. They, they're a whole other kind of... I'm sure... Yeah. I wa- yeah. I, yeah. I, I watched that video. Tammy Faye thing on whatever it was. And, you know, they made me feel for... They, they painted her as... They painted her as, like, this Clown. just super dumb... Really, Jesus loving. Her heart was totally pure and kind in every like instance. She had no idea what was going on. She had no idea about any of the money laundering. But she was living. What fooled her was that she was living this opulent lifestyle, and she came from being poor. And suddenly, she could buy furs, and she was just enamored by all of this that God had given them all this stuff. But really, they were just stealing it from the people. Um, yeah. So, but it was it was cute to watch because I, I was like as her as a first person narrator, I was falling into having empathy for her plight and her story. So, I don't know, but again, is it propaganda? That's not propaganda. <laughs> it's this, you know what I'm reading here is not propaganda this is actually factual oh yeah the heritage foundation exists it's a real thing one of the um people that i mentioned one of the um uh white supremacists that started this group i mentioned uh paul wright um he called it the new right um the moral majority we know what that means we know that yeah the name of the political action group and then it's founded with him and jerry falwell pc (laughs) um and then this is this part's gonna this, this part's going to tell you all. So his the views. One of the many key figures of the New Rights, uh, Harper's Bazaar magazine, wrote that he was often described by his admirers as a linen of social conservatism. Wright positioned himself as a defender of traditional social political values of states' rights, marriage, anti-communism, and staunch opponent of the New Left. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like right now? Wow. Uh, in Thy Kingdom Come, Randall Obama recounts uh, comments that Wright, whom he described as one of the architects of the religious right in the late 70s, wow. made a conference sponsored by a religious right organization that both attended, that they both attended in 1990. But this is what it says. In the course of one of the sessions, Wright tried to make his point to the religious right Bernadette. No woman attended the conference, as I recall. Let's remember he said that adamantly that the religious right did not come together in response of Roe versus Wade decision. No right insisted. What got us going in the political movement was the attempt on the part of the IRS to rescind tax exempt status of Bob Jones University because of its racial uh, of its racial discriminatory policy. Now, Bob Jones um, had policies that refused black students enrollment in 1971. Oof. Not that long ago. Admitted only married blacks from 1971 to 1975 and prohibited, and prohibited racial, interracial dating. <gasps> that prohibited interracial dating? And, and prohibited interracial dating and marriage between 1975 to 2000. Wow. Um, and... Wow. 
Back, back up. The interesting thing is that what was created was a political action committee that decided to be called the religious right and the founding of the religious right. Now, if we go back to what we were saying at the beginning of the show, the United States has to have a separation of church and state. So calling it the religious right actually is saying that it is, I mean, it is complete blasphemy, another religious word. But if our country has a separation of church and state, it should be impossible for a PAC to be called the religious fucking right. Doesn't that seem like against the entire? Anyway, am I I the dumbest person alive or the smartest person alive? Because it's called the religious right and we have a separation between church and state. So really there is no separation between church and state. So what the fuck? So nothing that we know exists. So everything is a lie. Everything our entire country is based on, I can say, is is fucking ridiculous. Because none of it is upheld and none of it is real. The religious right. Let me, oh God, this, uh, this, the Heritage uh, Foundation. By the way, this, uh, Paul Wright died in 2008 because he fell on black ice. (laughs) <laughs> in 1996. Okay, there's my <laughs> until his death from it, uh, until his death in ni- 2008, his injury left him in a wheelchair. Ha! Uh, well, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that he. I think it's funny that he he slipped on black ice. Ha! Yeah, I think Message. that's ironic. Yeah, I think. Well, they didn't have to. They could have just said he slipped on ice, but they did say black ice. Like so I mean, come on now. So this is his staunch opinion on homosexuality. Oh Girl, God! This one, ooh, child. Right. It has been known for many years that Congressman Foley was a homosexual. Homosexuals tend to be preoccupied with sex. Ain't that a bitch? That idea that should be continued or should have been or should have been continued as a chairman on the committee of missing and exploited children, giving their knowledge of it's just outrageous. Here we go with the kids and the homosexual. Oh my god. Now before I go What on, is he insinuating? He's insinuating you know, that a gay congressman should not be on a committee about missing children because then he would know the location of children. No. No. They're using the stereotype that homosexuals and children, they're they're pedophiles. Oh. That's what it is. Okay. Um, now, before I go in, I think I can say, Mr. Wright, that there are quite a few people who would take exception to the statement that homosexuals are preoccupied. This is the guy interviewing them. Sure, sure. Wright said, well, I don't care whether they take exception to it. <laughs> It happens to be true. Oh. Uh, Norris, who is the, the journalist interview, well, that's your opinion. Well, it's not my opinion. It's propaganda, y'all. It's the opinion of many psychologists and psychiatrists who have dealt with them. That right there, that, stare, that, that well, statement all, is propaganda. All men are preoccupied with sex. I would say all people, I would say all humans have a preoccupation in the sex. We wouldn't have a multi-billion dollar porn industry if people did not have a preoccupation with sex that we are funding, that we are saying, hey, here's a business, this exists, and yet at the same time, we say, you're a horrible person, we're moralistically shaming you. So, and maybe it's maybe it's the divide that actually makes America work, this sort of like constant push and pull between like, the depravity that everybody's experiencing and those who go like, but I don't do that. Well, yeah, you know what? Probably. I mean, I don't, and I don't watch porn. It's not something I consume, but I understand that it's a consumable thing that people consume. These are people who judge. They're, they're the ones that go, that don't go by the do unto others as one would do unto you. Mm. These are people who are flipping the Bible Mm. and using it as a weapon. Yet I am so afraid of evangelists 
Like, and, and, and this is why I was always scared of pre priests because their hands were clammy and something about them didn't seem right. Sure. And it just like, how can you not, I don't, they, they never got married. So I always found like, well, I remember asking like, but who loves them? Oh, wow. And, you know, stuff Jesus. like that. You Jesus. Know? Right. But that's why that's the reason to become be, a nun because Jesus would, is a real good lover. That would be the answer I would get to Jesus. Yeah. Like, some I'm, hogwash bullshit. But the thing is, what scares me is those are the people that are repressed. Repressed people are the most dangerous. Sure. Those are the ones that were, you know, they talk, you know, it's projection. Oh, Anytime I, I hear someone of the Christian right talk about homosexuality is a sin, that I'm I'm looking at you very sideways. I'm like, you must want something that for something you can't you can't handle your truth. Well, but why does it matter what people do with their genitals? It's private. I, it doesn't. Tell. No, I know we're on the same page here. Right. So when the moralistic group comes in and says, I get to have access inside your home, that val but that violates my rights as a person that you get to be inside my life, my home, my thoughts, with my your womb. opinions. Right, that doesn't make any sense to me because I'm the one that makes decisions for my womb, my life, my vagina, myself. No, Jesus and does. for you to say, I mean, how much marijuana I'm going to put in myself. Are we, you're gonna tell me that it's not good enough, but, or that's, that's too much or whatever, but, and, and that people don't, well, they do shame for Prozac and all that too. I mean, but then that's all the hiding, that's all the, the the uh, mental health hiding and shaming that there's been about fake it till you make it. Like when people are sad and you bottle it up, then terrible things happen and we have school shooters and things. Like I've been losing my mind and trying to find like positive ways to expel my rage because sometimes you have feelings and you get disappointed and people are awful and they hurt you and that happens. And there's nothing you can really do about that ex except you know, find a healthy outlet for the rage. And I'm, you know, trying to figure that out. So, because <laughs> I got a lot of rage. I can I mean, repack it just, that. It, it, the thing is, you know, their, their, their ideology, which is, we know it's white supremacy. Um, but the thing is, what, and I, again, I'm not a religious person. I just grew up in the Catholic church, in the Catholic family. And the thing is, the, everything... <laughs> <laughs> it's blasphemy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 they don't well, it's even, hypocrisy. It's the hypocrisy. hypocrisy it's the blasphemy. Yeah. I mean, these are the motherfuckers that love to take things, pick and choose what they want out of the Bible, yet they'll go and eat shrimp and shellfish all goddamn day. <laughs> Ain't that some shit? Well, it's, I mean, I guess we're judging them just as much as they're judging I'm, us, no, but I'm, they have this book behind them and this particular set of something that says this is the moral compass to attune to. So I, guess I hope that we all have an individual moral compass that we can attune to where we don't have to live upon the rules and structures of somebody else's imposed upon us. I would hope that we would have the ability to do that. But it seems like in the world we live in, we're not allowed to even have that personal moral compass. And some people's is way off and people love watching it. Oh my God, all that serial killer. That worst roommate ever. I'm so scared of people even now more than ever. Don't watch it unless you really want to hate people. It just made me go, wow, people really are. And they're not evil. They're just entitled assholes. Like, so, I don't know. I'm going to try to be more positive and not be an entitled asshole. 
You're not an entitled asshole. Thank you. You're I'm not trying. Part of the majority. I don't the, know. The, the, the moral majority. <laughs> I I always throw my cigarette butts away in a can. I try to find the right receptacle because I'm not part of the solution. I'm part of the problem. And so, <laughs> you know, I smile at people on the street. I'm doing the little things I can. Yeah. Smiling at cops. That's the thing. That's my new joke. Absolutely true, though. Smile at a cop. Cop smiled back. How many lives did I save? Happy cops don't shoot people. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's such a white entitled woman thing to say. How many lives did I save today smiling at a cop? But I think it's a funny joke. So, right? Yeah. With the act out, it's better. How many lives did I save today <laughs> smiling at a cop? Smiling. Serve and protect, baby doll. Anyway. what uh, We got it. Let's wrap it up. Something happy. Anything happy? Um, let's see. Happy stuff. Um... No, I'm, I'm 47 and I can't think of a goddamn thing. I'm trying to think. No. Was there something happy that There's happened? a lot of dogs in this neighborhood that, like, they're nice and I smile at them and they made me happy. Um, I can't. I, we had a great show last week. That was a great show last week. That's true. It's absolutely true. I hope there will be more. I hope there's more collaborations with SF Standard for realsies because she brought the heat. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I'm gonna, I should set up a meeting and be like, can I pick your brain on promotions for the love of God? Because I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Well, that's good. I mean, I'll learn. I gotta learn. I'm, I gotta learn. I gotta figure it out or else everything falls apart. Right. Whatever. <laughs> There's a show tonight at Asiento. I encourage you to go to that. Uh, also tomorrow at Emperor Norton's Boozland, seven o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's an open mic, but it's upstairs at Boozland, and it's great. It's a great bar. And really, it's all the comedians that you'll see at, like, the Punchline and everywhere else. Just do an open mic. It's Thursday. Yeah. Friday, we're going to be here, but then I'm also on a show that's called, like, Tacos and Craft Comedy somewhere. Anyways, you can look. at He's been spending a lot of money on promotions on Facebook. I see it everywhere, so check that out. And then Saturday, Atlas, 2 p.m. Oh, and then the whole Valencia Corridor thing that's going on that I'm doing. It's from noon to eight. There's bands all day on Valencia Street, which is closed down. And there's gonna be comedy in one section of it every hour on the hour. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. That's Anyways, on that's on Saturday on Valencia Street. That's that's lovely. Um, and then, uh, right? I don't know what's gonna, yeah, if it rains, it's fine. I'm. I'm tired. I'm so much comedy, so many shows. I just um, nope, no rain. Uh, donate to Mutiny Radio at our Venmo, or you can find us on Mighty Cause now. If you have a smarty pants job and and it has matching with your employer, you can go through Mighty Cause, which is Media Alliance. It's a 501c3 that we are under the umbrella on, and you can donate, and then your corporation can match it. And then you can donate to us and write it off on your taxes because you have a real job and, and you need to do that <laughs> so that you don't have to pay taxes if you give it away. Right, Bezos? Listen. <laughs> right? You don't have to pay taxes on it if you give it away to Mutiny Radio. Wink, wink. He's like, space is good. I'm like, what about? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Everything will work out or it won't. It's yeah. fine. Fine. Have, 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 have a good week. Just yeah, it's nice. fine. It's fine. We're all fine. It's, I mean, <laughs> it, it's right now. We're all alive. It's okay. 
Right? I mean, yeah. I'm I mean, the, there's no weapon coming from the sky this very second, like nuclear blast. Oh, don't yeah, listen to the guy at Russia. Let me be. <laughs> whatever you do, don't listen to the guy at Fourth and Market preaching about Jesus, who starts oh. talking about that. He's like, hey, this was this rhetoric from yesterday. He's like, no one can survive a nuclear blast. You think in World War III, when Russia comes and they start bombing us, you think you can survive that? You can't. But you can go, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and live in heaven forever. And I'm like, dude, you are freaking me out. You're on the street and you get to yell this at people? Ouch. Dude. But it's going to happen, right? That was me knocking on wood, hoping that no such thing would happen. <laughs> well, you're looking up the Russia. What's the Russia? What's the Russia uh, so update? That is um, news. So Russia has committed war crimes. So as many as 15,000 Russians killed in war, NATO says. Um, Russia's top diplomat admits Kremlin was shocked by the scale of Western sanctions. You think? These are just little headlines. That sure. Putin spokesperson refuses to rule on nuking Ukraine. Oh, see. Nuking? Nuking. Oh, my Vladimir God. Putin spokesperson refuses to rule out Russia nuking Ukraine. That's insane because they're so close together that you're basically that nuking yourself. But that's the thing. Haven't we grown past the concept of, like, when you explode those weapons, we all, it happens everywhere. Like, it's, it's not just... Over there, we all share the same air around this planet. But like, doesn't that defeat the purpose of why you wanted to go into Ukraine? Right, to destroy everything. So and now what? you're like, well, since we can't have it, but that scorched also, earth. You're going to destroy part of Russia. Right, but it's all scorched earth. It's like so you kill everybody and you kill everything, and then what you rebuild in the in the How's in that the radiate radiated waste. You're just they're just like, well, we learned from Chernobyl. You just wear suits. What? No, I just made that up. Anyways, that's really, 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 really scary. That's how Who dumb would be dictators about, are. But it doesn't make any sense. Because because dictators are narcissists. They're, it's about egos. It's about power. At this point, he knows he's losing, and so it, it, it's it, it's the same war playbook that who you know who did. Adolf. Oh, uh, yeah, but he didn't have those weapons at his. They didn't. He didn't oh no, those weapons no, no, didn't no, exist no, back did. then. We did. We did. If they did, he would have. Mm. But but he started going to. He went to France. He went into uh, the UK. Got pop 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 London. Uh, you know Poland. But what can we? I mean, I what mean, can anybody do right now? Itself. See, this this is why reading is fundamental. I know, but this is why reading is terrible and stressing me out. Like, my <laughs> God, get me on. Seriously, I'm like, I want to see the guy kickflip over a piece of poo like that's really what i want right now i need distraction i need puppies i need unicorns and rainbows <laughs> because i feel like the end is nigh it's the nine 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 the end is nigh all right well everybody be nice to each other since the end is nigh nine. and this is all that you this is all we have so smile at a stranger go see some comedy maybe be nice be nice, nice to each other yeah Very buy well. someone buy someone a taco have a taco. Eat a taco. Eat a taco. Come, to the, come to the taco <laughs> thing on Friday. If I was better, I'd tell you what it was called. <laughs> All right. Yay, we did it. Awesome. Trying not yeah. <laughs> Do you, can't anyone, you hear the enthusiasm in our voice? If anyone has any Prozac, please bring it to 278 121st <laughs> Street at Florida Street. <laughs> 
If you have any edibles, please call 773. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't worry, I have some of those. All right, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, if the World War III doesn't break out. Yay! Bye. Sneaking cellos and mom didn't know nothing about it. And you kept sneaking. Well, who told you that you were the one going around the big jello sheriff of the house? Well, they were getting ready to take mine away from me, and that's what I'm telling you right now. I don't want you touching my body because you are not really my brother anyway. You know, I'm older than you, and actually, you were not born here. You were brought here by the police. I wasn't brought here by the police. Yes, you were. The police brought you right in here and said, take care of this boy until he starts lying. And I'm going to tell the police that you have lied and you are going back to jail. I, you know, police brought nobody, baby. I'm, I'm, that's my mother and father there. No, they. The police are your mother and father.
There are Jews in the world, there are Buddhists, there are Hindus and Mormons, and then there are those that follow Mohammed's books. I've never been one of them. I'm a Roman Catholic and have been since before I was born. The one thing they say about Catholics is They'll take you as soon as you're warm You don't have to be a six-footer You don't have to have a great brain You don't have to have any clothes on You're a Catholic the moment that came Because every sperm is safe
as I could pour. Room and going round, gonna clear right down. Smell like a drop is born. Pick up my mouth, gonna break down my door. Give me away my smoke.
walls on the windowsill. No more miracles, loaves and fishes, being so busy with the washing of the dishes. Reaction levels much too high. I can do without the stimuli. I'm living way beyond my ways and means, living in the zone of the in-betweens. Still 
I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in, knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade.
starts lying and I'm gonna tell the police that you have lied and you are going back to jail. my mother and father did. No, they The police are your mother and father. And I don't want you touching me. Yeah, well, you ain't, you ain't so cool. I don't want you touching my body. I touch your body, I touch your body if I wanna. I'm not playing with you, man. Don't touch me again. Yeah, I touch you, I touch you again now. What you think of that? How about that? Take that. Now. Oh, you take that back. Yeah, no. but I hit you last. No, you didn't. You didn't hit me last because I hit you last. Yeah, I hit you last. No, you didn't. I hit you last. And I hit you two times last. And I hit you, I hit you three times. One, two, three. And I hit you five, 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 six, six, five, 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 Time to wallow in the mire. Try 
become a funeral 